Podcasts, part five of our Rooted series. This week, Anna, Tina, and Josh continue our discussion on transforming faith. Enjoy. Gracious Lord, we thank you for your love, your great, great love. For in the multitude of your saints, you have surrounded us with so great a cloud of witnesses that we here today rejoicing in their fellowship, may run with patience the race that is set before us. And together with them, we may receive the unfading crown of glory. O Lord, open our lips. And our our mouth shall shall proclaim proclaim your your praise. praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, Lord, make make haste haste to help us. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm for today is Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of all his faithful people. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let his faithful people rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his faithful people. Praise Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you kidding me? It's amazing. (laughs) amazing. Christ is so good to us. God is so kind. Last week, it's two things. We declared that God transforms people. We looked at the scriptures and we looked at a man who is in the bad side of the sea. Mm. He was east coast. (laughs) He was over in the bad country. We don't like those people. No good Jew would go there. Here is Jesus entering into the shadowy places, a man who's, who's howling in the wind in the tombs, and he's cutting himself. He's got the marks of both insanity and demon possession. Mm-hmm. And there's an encounter with Jesus, and he is radically, radically transformed. So he said God does transform. He does it dramatically sometimes. And then we also talked about how sometimes that, that transformation is slow and incremental, and it's still dramatic, but it's over time. Mm-hmm. Then, thirdly, we looked at the Apostle Paul who talked about, uh, in, in a letter to Corinth, having a thorn in his flesh that Christ may be um, fill his weakness, be the strength in the midst of his weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And I argued from the scriptures that our role was not to just chase goodness, or a system of ethics or virtue, but to chase down Christ and be transformed in him and through him and with him. Mm-hmm. So not to separate goodness from the good one. So that's what we talked about last week. And we wanted to get personal today. So we brought on <laughs> Tina mm-hmm. to do a little self-disclosure, appropriate self-disclosure, <laughs> right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so we want to see this in work, so we're not just talking about it, 
from an idea standpoint. Mm. So Tina, thank you for coming along and thank you for having being me. so willing to share. I'm going to pray for us. Is that okay? That would be wonderful. Thank you for chasing us down, Lord. Thank you for entering into shadowy, dark, mm. shameful places. For calling us by name. And for healing us in substantial ways. I thank you that you have done this in Tina's life, that you, you have brought healing to her. There has been shifts, major shifts. Would you open up her mouth to help her sort her thoughts and her words? Would you share some of yourself with us through her life, through her confession of your strength and her weakness? And we trust you with this in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Tina, so this isn't, we didn't just surprise Tina with this, so we have asked no. you. I did have some notice. Yeah, some notice, yeah. <laughs> so I guess the first thing, we can kind of tackle it in sequence. Tina, um, you've come later to Christ, later in life to Jesus. Absolutely, in my 30s. And had some transformation there. There's major shift? Yes, definitely. Why don't you share a little bit about the major shift and we'll... Okay. Um, I think that an important place to start would be even just a conversation I had um, with Laura recently, or several times, and with Andy um, when I was first coming to the table, and about how God was attempting to get my attention for so many years in my life, mm. um, in in uh, various different ways. In the few times I'd go to church and that sort of thing, I'd have intense experiences, and then I started after. A, a particularly dark period where I was living on my own and had, had really isolated, uh, going back to school, and I met Laura. And this was about five, or more, just over five years ago, and uh, was writing a paper because I had been sort of studying various different philosophies and religions and seeking for many years. And I was writing a paper on the difference between Buddhist prayer and affirmation and Christian prayer because I was curious about Christianity. And Laura happened to mention in a biology class that we were taking together that she was a Christian. And I asked her if she would talk to me about prayer and what that was like and what her prayer life was like and how to pray. How does she pray and what did she learn? And we started to talk, and a few weeks later, I asked her if I could come with her to church. And I came here to the Table Church, and my, my life has so greatly changed since then. And I have a family in a community, and I feel a part of something, and I feel a worth that I'd never felt before hmm. from, from coming here. And I know that that's, that's God's work, and him bringing me to this place finally, me listening. <laughs> And, and seeking um, him specifically instead of all these other various cultural, popular ideas. So you didn't have much of a sense of worth prior? Or? No, not really. I 
growing up, I, similarly to you, struggled with darkness and dark thoughts and suicidal tendencies and... I would hurt myself every once in a while. I didn't cut, but I would find ways to hurt myself and cut off things and um, struggled with anxiety and and bouts of depression, um, particularly in my 20s. It was was really bad. And um, a lot of that stemmed from the idea that I didn't belong anywhere. I didn't even really belong in my family. a, a difficult family life <laughs> um, at times and certain years and uh, in, in the early years particularly. And it taught me, I thought, the way that I internalized it was that I was worthless. So I needed to, as an adult, learn that that was not true. And I didn't know how to do that, but I started looking for those answers when I was about 23, 24 years old, and I didn't come to God until I was in my late 30s. And then, so did Jesus just show up on your doorstep one day and say, you know, you are worth it, or how did that <laughs> explain that whole transition? Well, I didn't experience, you You talked in your sermon about um, some real significant and and sort of large leaps that you were able to take through through God working with you on on some of the challenges that you faced and I've not experienced that huge shift suddenly it's always been kind of incremental for me and I feel like I have a lot of resistance too mm-hmm. I know Andy talked about in the first sermon of the series the idea of resisting God and resisting um our growth and and our opportunities and I feel like I struggle with that a lot so it's always been incremental it's always and my baseline tends to be melancholy there are lots of people in the world who experience joy more frequently than anything else and I'm not one of those people I so it's easy for me to go dark it's a comfortable place it is it's really it's it's sort of where I've always lived and it's the acceptance of that in the recent years, in the last, I would say, slowly over the last three, four years, and starting to see myself as a child of God and not of my earthly parents, that's, sorry, <laughs> that's given me that sense of worth. Yeah. Wow, that's huge. Um, so your music set list in the 90s be what, Alice in Chains? Oh, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I loved Wayne. He was absolutely my favorite. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed Pearl Jam and, oh you know, all of that, you know, Stark. for sure, STP and the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So emo. Oh, very much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I played 10 over and over and over and over again. That's Pearl Jam, by the way, yeah. for those who don't know. <laughs> yeah, for Look youngsters. <laughs> and ulcers, and ulcers, yeah. Very Great nice album. Slice of, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you said, okay, you said you resist. Mm. You're a resistor. You're, you resist a lot. What are you resisting? I think, I think what I have come to, because I was really thinking about this this afternoon, and I thought, and it's so interesting that you spoke to it in your sermon, the idea that um, I, I'm too weak. I've, I've been a, 
accused of that my whole life. Mm. You're, you're emotional. You're too weak. You, you can't function. You don't function. Mm. And, and it's not good what you are. So try, in trying to be good, I'm trying to not be who I am. And that the, re, the resistance comes from now I have to shift into being more of who I am and who God made me to be and to balance that emotion with critical thought and good discernment and, and use what he's given me, that empathy and that way that I can, I can physically feel my own and other people's experiences and emotions um, and put it to good use. I think he's trying to help me see that it is good or he, he will make it good. That it's not a weakness. That it isn't a weakness and to just accept it. And I'm really scared of that because I was punished yeah. for it as a, as a child. Then maybe God might have given you that as a gift to use in service of him. Mm-hmm. Instead of having it being a character flaw that you have to amend or run away from. That's what I'm starting to recognize, mm-hmm. is that there's, there's a use for it. I just have to figure out what that is and, and how, how to keep it in balance, too. Because when it's out of balance, it's, a, it's detrimental, Right. Well, you said like going dark is a comfortable. Absolutely, <laughs> like, that's a cozy, yeah. familiar yeah. It's not. Place. It's yeah. not good. Don't recommend it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. There's an old phrase that I like that I, I can't remember who told it to me at seminary, but grace fulfills nature. There's this idea sometimes in some circles that you get these spiritual gifts come out of nowhere, like you just suddenly mm-hmm. can play the piano like a maestro <laughs> or something. <laughs> I mean, that's more like you get hit in the head. Every, every once in a while, someone comes up like that. But the idea that there are these things that God has created in you mm-hmm. that are distorted through broken, through affliction, just through software glitches mm-hmm. and the rest. And let's take empathy. You care too much. I mean, that's like the classic interview thing. What are your flaws? <laughs> I care too much. Well, like people can care too much and it's it true. wipes you out. Yes, it is right? exhausting. You feel so much. You feel, it's all my fault mm-hmm. and all, too, yeah. too much burden. And when I try to carry it on my own, that's exactly how it feels. Exactly. And there's too many things to care about. So now we're talking about empathy fatigue culturally because yeah. there's so yeah. many things. Like how could you possibly mm-hmm. care about everything at the same time? You mm-hmm. can't be in the red zone all, all of the life. time now. Yeah. So now, though, when paired with Christ, I think this is what I'm learning a lot with this goodness, and it's so much a matter of discernment mm-hmm. on how to use the good gifts that God has given me, including the gift of time. So how do I use the skills and the time that I have to love well? Mm-hmm. And love whom? I mean, there's all kinds of questions. Yeah. yeah. So then it requires, actually mandates that I be connected to the one who's got more information than I do. Yes. (laughs) Who knows the secrets of the world and the secrets of the hearts. Yeah. Go, Christ, what am I going to be working on now? Mm -hmm. What should I invest my time and energy in? Mm -hmm. What habits do I need to shift? Because I can't change all of them all at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So that I may be more free to love. So do you have a sense, Tina, of... um, of the moment for you? Well, I think this afternoon what I came upon was this idea of weakness and my fear of, and, and thinking that, that I am too broken to be useful. 
and that any gifts that I have been given, um, that I can't, I can't use them because it's dangerous. And sort of letting go of that. Because I, I, I remember sitting on my bed thinking about, oh gosh, it's, it's this idea of weakness. It's this idea of, um, and I think I was listening to Vanessa's prayer. So I'd have to go back and, and try to see what it was about her prayer that, that led me to it. But I just thought, oh, that's my PDP. That's my personal development plan. That's what I need to call Vanessa about. Well, this is what we're doing next. <laughs> is working on that aspect of things. It, it will. The other th thing that's part and parcel to that for me is confidence. If I start to practice this, even though it feels scary, I will build my confidence in being able to do it. And if I seek God to help me through that process, he's going to, to sort of carry me and to help me to know that it's okay when I make a mistake because I am practicing. Because mm -hmm. she was talking about ways in which we're, we're trying to be good and not create waves and not hurt people and, and all that sort of thing. That's what it was. I, I don't remember how she phrased it, but it was, I'm paraphrasing. And I just thought, oh, I, I have that. <laughs> so, yeah. That resonates. Yeah. You know, there's that, in my experience, I don't know if your experience matches, but if I try, I try to do everything at once. Mm -hmm. I get, I get to the limit. I'm so disgusted with myself. I'm like, that's it. You got to do it all now. Next New Year's resolution, perfection. I mean, it's like with 30 <laughs> sub points, you know? Uh -huh. Yep. And nothing gets done. Right. But I've found if, because they come in clusters, mm -hmm. that if I just focus on one thing, actually, that five things actually happen. So let's say I want to change. Well, let's say I want to work out. Well, I'm not going to waste the workout by eating bad food or getting terrible sleep. So all of a sudden my sleep and my diet get better mm -hmm. because I don't want to waste the time. <laughs> like right. why would I push weights for that? So yeah. if you can focus on one thing at a time, mm -hmm. those other I things, bet you, yeah, I think that you're right. I think that, that, that is so true that if I focus on that, that aspect of weakness and not seeing it as being punishable, but as an opportunity and to practice doing things differently, that lots of other things will fall into place. Yeah. 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 And here's the thing. You're going to mess up pretty bad probably. Oh, yeah. Because you don't know how to do it or else why would you need to work on it? Yeah. So the fact that now you said part of your transformation is going from not feeling a sense of belonging to now feeling included and in belonging. And we love you. And you are part of this community. You're part of our hearts and our, our thoughts, our prayers, our family. One of our favorites. So you, you, you probably have messed up, you know, since I've known oh, you. Oh, I for sure have. <laughs> 100%. There, go there. Just last week even, yeah. But have you received as much uh, penalty or scorn from, say, Andy? No. And that's one of the things that I've realized lately, too, is that there's so much forgiveness and grace here. And that when I think that it, this horrible thing is go going to come upon me because I've made this huge mistake, everyone just goes, okay, all right, so what are we doing next? And then, and then I, I have a plan, usually before I even arrive, of this is, <laughs> this is what we need to do and this is what I'm doing next. And, and okay, great, let us know how you're doing. 
let us know how we can help you. And that's yeah. it. And then I walk away going, well, that was so much easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, so. I think it's because we, we've all been in that place. We've all been in that place of screwing up and we've had the benefit of people showing grace to us. Mm. And think if there's anything that is redemptive or um, beautiful about our community, it's it's from God. Like it, it is, yeah. it is a picture of His goodness and and mercy. And um, I don't know. I just keep thinking as you share your story. Like that is what redemption is. Like God takes the weak human parts of us mm-hmm. and He makes them beautiful. And mm-hmm. the things that people would insult about us or belittle about us, God says, "No, I made you that way for good reason. And this is why you yeah. put this gift to use in this way." Yeah. And. Um, I mean, you and I have shared a lot over the years about our origin stories. Mm -hmm. And I think for kids that maybe didn't feel wanted or valued or desired, you know, to be able to, as you said, like, to have a heavenly father who loves you so much and has great purpose and plan for your life is an incredibly redemptive and wonderful thing. It's so freeing. Yeah. 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 I'm going to put you on the spot. I ask you two questions. Okay. I think I'm ready. Honestly. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you think change is possible? Oh, yes. Absolutely. I know it because I've, I've experienced it and I've watched other people experience it. I belong to so many groups and have been in so many group sessions and therapy and that sort of thing and watched people transform so many times. It absolutely is possible. I don't think that it's possible without faith. I don't think it's possible without believing in something greater than ourselves. I've not seen anyone who doesn't have a higher power of some kind make significant lasting change. So you would describe yourself as an optimist? Secretly. <laughs> I mean, don't let that get out. Okay. <laughs> we won't tell yeah, we won't tell anyone, yeah. Because um, oh, my second question was going to be how much, but you seem to, like, how much change is possible? But you seem mm. to be, like, immediately respond, yes, absolutely change is possible. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, particularly in these last few years, I went through a, a short period, um, maybe three years ago, where some of um, my, my darkest thoughts came back for, for a short time. And it was through prayer with people, specifically around that in this community with God behind it, that, that has stopped it. I don't have them anymore. That's great. It's interesting yeah. to me, Tina, because like, <laughs> just thinking about your story, like you cast a wide net. You know, like when you were searching, mm. you cast like the biggest of nets. Mm. Oh, I and I know, tried like, everything. <laughs> like, I tried everything. There's, there's not like a like a spirituality practice or not that you didn't check out or try. Mm-hmm. And and yet, it was the specificity of Jesus Definitely. that made a difference. Yes, it's more solid. Um, I think that there's really something to that. We don't live in India. We don't live in India. I'm aware. (laughs) (laughs) We live here, and here is where we're connected. Like, I think God is everywhere, but we weren't brought up in that system. We don't, and 
there's something so solid about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. There's something very solid about the armor of God and how we wear that and belonging to him and following Jesus that it isn't only punitive either. It's not strictly Old Testament. There's New Testament, the Jesus and the forgiveness and the love and the welcoming in of the Gentiles and, and like everyone being welcome, even those that are considered unclean. And I mean, the way that I would describe myself, mm. unworthy, soiled, dirty, mm. you know, all of those things. And he welcomes us. Yeah. Now it's, you were saying, when I asked you some scriptures that were important to you, Psalm 30 came up, so Anna is going to read it, and then you can tell us why it has any meaning for you. Great. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Hmm. So uh, several things stand out to me there, but the two that I, I think are most important right now for me are the idea that you know his his wrath is present but it is fleeting and then his forgiveness and his love are are so full and 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 limitless and then the idea that because melancholy or somewhere near it might be my baseline mm -hmm. for for the rest of my life and I, that's okay is that in there is nothing to be gained for me from stay, going further down or being in the pit. And that it, when I need help, and even when I feel strong, if I forget to turn to him, there will be ways in which he will remind me to come to him again and to sing his praises. And he will lift me up. And I will be useful. And I will be loved. And I will feel better. <laughs> so So good. Yeah. Anna, could you pray for Tina and then people in Tina's former position? Mm -hmm. yes, and, and then we'll lead into song. Yeah. Be great. Gracious Lord, we thank you that you have led Tina home to you. Thank you, Father, that you persisted in pursuing her until the day that she finally um, turned herself over to you. Thank you, Lord. And we give you praise and thanksgiving for her testimony here today. And we think of all those out there who are casting a wide net, who are searching for you. We pray, Father, that they would lay down their own resistance and turn to you and find you as their good and loving Father. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm.
Thank you for listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, BC. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode provided by Richard Charter. To learn more about our community, please go to tablechurch.ca.